0: Everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Belgian Football Podcast. This is episode forty-five. My name is Ben Jackson, and I'll be your host. And as
1: always, I'm joined by Scott and Yours. Scott and Yours, how are you guys doing? Hi guys, how are you? A little birdie tells me there's a rather tasty game on Friday evening. Would you know anything about that at all?
2: Uh, no, no idea. But uh, to average, we are still in the tournament uh, as last week. So let's keep hope we can keep uh, going like this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I promised myself I wouldn't mention. Uh, england much on this podcast so i'm gonna sit by that and stick exclusively to belgium until maybe we start talking about final ramifications and stuff like that but anyway Belgium are still in the tournament, which is why we are still recording podcasts on the Euro twenty twenty. We and Scott, I think I mentioned Sunday morning. I was like, oh, when should we record our podcast to like look ahead?" And Yoris was like, "You're going to jinx it. Let's not talk about that." Like, you know that. I mean, Scott was like, "Yeah, no, probably be like Monday, maybe, maybe later. Let's wait for the games to be done." Like, we were very confident. Yoris actually, being the Belgian, probably wasn't as confident. But in the end, what a I think tactical game probably best sums it up, doesn't it, guys? I think lots of people were probably hoping to see something like we saw in some of the other games like switzerland france uh, croatia against uh, spain but this was never going to be a game like that this is two incredibly strong teams who were always going to kind of tactically battle out more like a chess match than the um, carnage that we saw in those like switzerland games so yeah it started cagey it kind of continued cagey both teams kind of having their kind of moments i guess i thought belgium would like took it Took it to Portugal in the first kind of 10, 15 minutes. Portugal then sort of got back into the game start to have a couple more chances ronaldo had a free kick and yeah we were just talking before we recorded this about how the english pundit i think it was lee dixon was talking about ronaldo territory for the free kicks despite him having possibly the worst conversion ratio when it came to free kicks but even when he was saying that and i was thinking he doesn't score free kicks in your head you're still like oh, but this could be the one way he just pings it in he just has that kind of factor but courtois made a save from that and Morgan hazard what a goal what a goal that was we have spoken before I think on our preview podcast for this about how we felt that spaces in between kind of the right back and Pepe were the area in which Belgium could exploit and that's where the goal came from ball down into that channel Lukaku ran it really well earlier in the game Pepe had like smashed him off the ball and I think we all kind of thought that's not going to happen again there's no way Lukaku is going to get pushed around like that didn't happen he held it up perfectly a little bit scrappy when it came across to Kevin De Bruyne but eventually it found Thorgan Hazard and absolutely smashed it in. In question marks about the goalkeeping, but I think the way it moved and stuff like that is just a fantastic strike from him and just such a massive boost for Belgium going into half time. And coming out, it was kind of all Portugal based in the second half. I think we got the test that we thought the Belgian defence was going to get, and they stood up to it. They were absolutely fantastic. Adavar, Vermalen Vertongen were quality. It was strange, I think, not seeing someone like Boyato in there. I thought he could have been a player that. Martinez went with but instead he picks for Marlon and Joris I'm sure you'll probably want to speak about him Scott as well like I thought he was absolutely fantastic all three of them at the back Courtois made some really really important saves as well one from a header one at the back post kind of smothering an Andre Silva effort and yeah I feel like Belgium should have scored some goals on the counter attack Carrasco and Lukaku had a couple of chances on the counter like Pepe went up front at some point (laughs) near the end which just seemed a bit bizarre because he literally did nothing up front it was kind of the big he just kind of flopped around a little bit arguably you could say he might have been lucky to be on the pitch after his kind of pretty dirty cynical foul after the whistle had gone on I think it was Thorgan Hazard. Slight concern for Belgium with Kevin De Bruyne going off injured. Eden Hazard as well pulling, mu- like pulling up with a muscle injury. Not really what you wanted to see. The tackle on De Bruyne was pretty pretty bad to be honest. I know he technically got the ball but the angle that he came at him was just a cynical foul really and to be fair he was probably quite lucky to stay on the pitch. Paulina um, he pulled Lukaku's shirt at one point as well which could have been his second yellow or that would the Palina the tackle on De Bruyne would have been his second yellow. Yes
2: exactly. So that would not either not have happened or they would have been a man down um,
0: indeed yeah. and it would have changed the game completely in that sense because then Portugal would have been chasing it with 10 men but no in the end you issue through what was your kind of feelings as the game went on are you happy with the performance especially of the defence
2: definitely with the result performance well uh, the counters where we were so famous for they, they really didn't work unfortunately but luckily that didn't cost Belgium in the end and yeah defence held up well Portugal had like 25 shots or so but like I think Courtois in the end only had to make two saves and then there was a shot on the post. So that there you have to get some luck there, but it was not a real clear cut chance anyway. Not that Belgium's goal was, so we should have created way more. That's also the general feeling in Belgium. Um, the injuries are a big worry for me, especially Hazard. He w- really, like, he he's back, <laughs> as, as Ben actually mentioned uh, in our group chat as well. Like, he really had a really good game. Unfortunately, most of his powers then had to come with low on the field. Definitely are in the second half after the Brunner already got off. Yeah he had he held the ball up and it's so so important in these games um, it's also one of the things that made the difference against Brazil in the in the World Cup. It was a good game defense held up well not that many chances given away and that's uh which is a good sign for what is still the, the worrying area of our of belgium at least they were tested and they they did well but uh um, they will be tested more against italy i fear
0: yes no definitely i feel like we'll obviously we'll get on to italy more but i feel like they have a much more kind of dynamic style of play compared to portugal i felt portugal's build-up play was very 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 slow especially in the first half i feel like they picked it up in the second half i thought they were a lot better but i mean the defense i was so impressed and like yeah like you mentioned there hazard like it, it He's not as like explosive as he used to be In terms of pace But his ability just to win free kicks Go past players like You could just see that football intelligence That he's got, couldn't you Scott? Yeah,
1: I mean I think the thing that impressed me most About the, the Red Devils performance guys Was actually how how controlled it was I thought all of their experience Actually really really started to show Joris made a really good point About the Belgian press being a little bit critical Of the fact that uh, the performance Wasn't more attacking in nature And, and played I suppose, at a slightly higher tempo which is what we're used to seeing when they play. But I think you you can you can do that in every game. I and mean, when you get down to the really serious business, you know, of, of knockout football um, at big tournaments like this, then you have to be prepared to adapt a little bit. And I was impressed by how much they adapted. So much so that unfortunately, yeah, they had to kind of drop that natural high tempo game that they would they would choose to play and um just slow things down to to try and control the game. The first half for me was there was a lot of kind of cat and mouse really. Both sides were kind of feeling each other out. And I didn't really feel that Portugal were particularly offensive at all or even interested in, in any real offensive play in the first half. It was the goal, you know, and what a goal as well. What, what a hit that was. That, that They kind of opened the game up and forced Portugal to come out in the second half and press harder, which they did, and have much more of a goal. Goals change games, of course, you know, football and cliche. And, and you know, this is the perfect example of it. I mean, despite all of the Portuguese pressure in the second half and, you know, I know some of the Red Devil squad after the game in their interviews were talking about um, how they felt to a certain extent they were hanging on and it didn't really seem that way kind of watching it. I, I thought they, they managed the press and the Portuguese intensity really, really quite well. The defence, which is the first time it's been tested in probably since the World Cup, actually, coming back to what Yora said, the qualification campaign, as we know, was absolutely flawless. The group stage here has been pretty flawless in terms of the results. So that was the first game where really they, they had to withstand any proper pressure, um, and they did it very well. I thought Vermalen was brilliant, actually. I thought you would never know, here's a 35-year-old, almost 36. He didn't look leggy um, at all. I know some people wanted to complain a little bit afterwards about why Martinez didn't freshen things up a little bit earlier than he did. Why didn't Hazard come off, which would represent him getting injured. But actually... You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it, guys? You know, it's it's not you know it's it's just one of those things. But the, the the ability to contain Portugal while still basically playing positive football was what kind of impressed me the most. And the the goal was just yeah, I mean the technique there was was unreal. I mean that little sidestep that uh, Rui Patricio makes, which just left him slightly off balance, which meant he was never getting it. Was just 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 a fantastic goal. I think I think they, there's a lot of positives despite the injury worries. I think going into the Italian game because not only have they come from behind to win a game at the tournament now, they've actually managed to adapt adapt their game and not many sides have to kind of get a result. And the big question mark, the defence has kind of stood up. I think De Bruyne might be okay. I mean, we might not see 90 minutes from him um, against Italy. He might not have that in him, but I'm I'm sure he'll get some game time. I'd be surprised if he didn't, mainly because he was walking, walking on his ankle as well. Hazard is the much bigger issue because as we all know, it's it's a muscle issue. Been for some tests, Uh, which have all been very secretive, as you would expect and hope them to be, and today both players trained indoors uh, to be kept away from prying eyes so the only people who know the truth are those inside the camp of course um, so we won't know until you know pretty close to kind of kick off or thereabouts I would imagine as to kind of what's going to happen so we just need to wait and see yeah I, I'm, I'm um, I am I have nerves about Friday because the Italians are the side that have impressed me more than any other team they're looking very very good Mancini's got them playing some fantastic football and has completely changed their mindset so I think when um, in for a hell of a game on Friday.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I think the games, it's probably the kind of biggest one in terms of one of those teams going forward. Should be real favourites to win it. yours just wanted to ask you, like after what Scott said, obviously, yeah. Let's presume De Bruyne and Hazard aren't fit to start the game. Who would you like to see Martinez go with against the Italians?
2: Not Mertens anymore because he was really bad as a replacement for uh for De Bruyne against Portugal. He's defensively he still does his job, I think. I I suppose actually I'd, we didn't see him that much, so I can't even say that. But I suppose that's probably also the reason why uh, Martinez chose the chose him when in position he just isn't doesn't have the level that we need right now anymore it's not that he's a bad player but uh, and he did have his um, achievements with the team definitely deserves to be in the squad but i don't think he should be there so i would probably for hazard i would actually both go for trossar since he has like at a lower level he's the closest match to the style of uh, hazard in the in the squad so i i guess that could be useful and for the brand it all depends because doku also makes a big big chance although uh to to start in uh, but i do think he will get minutes but more in a sense if, if if italy would be leading later on in the game or not leading but belgium are not leading at least i guess he could be the be the the, the joker like you thought uh Set last week as well Carrasco is also still an option for I, I think martinez would go for Carrasco instead of Hazard. and vitabrana yeah it depends maybe we maybe indeed doku or Trozar then, or we change the setup of uh, a bit and um, maybe teman in the banananas place and then the donker in midfield could be an option yeah th- there's actually plenty of options so that that's a good thing it's they are all quite a, a loss of quality but it's not that they're like complete rubbish either luckily we've had Different times. But yeah, <laughs> like, I would go for Trosar instead of Hazar or Carrasco, and uh, maybe Carrasco on the other side, these two, and then how they set up which wing. That,
1: that's up for Martinez <laughs> It's a really good question that. it's a really good question Ben I think Because I, I would Absolutely love to see Jeremy Doku Running Running at the Italians You know I, I I think that would be You know That's a really interesting option I think To have it up your sleeve On Carrasco I thought Carrasco Had a really poor game Actually Against Portugal Ben was talking earlier About him having re- There There's a couple of Really key moments Where he could have sent Big Rom through His frustration in that game Was like You know I, I, I could I, I felt for him I felt for him I just think that, you know, to to get into those killer positions and to pick the passes he did is like, you know, I was, yeah, picture this, I was, um, like most people at home, I was probably flinging Popcorn at the television at that point and uttering some expletives, which is what I was actually doing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I thought you know I I just thought oh well nightmare nightmare performance even if it was just for five minutes really. And his <laughs> stats his stats haven't been great as well. I know we debate the ins and outs of stats a lot, but having said that, I mean I'm not I'm not against him getting a second chance. I should make that very clear actually, because he is he is he is a, he is a good player um, and I think he could have a role to play should Hazard or De Bruyne not make it, he would definitely come into the picture potentially there as a as an option but yeah the thought of Jeremy doku running at that Italian defense excites me greatly but then um I got quite excited about um seeing an interview with him today where he was talking about um some of his career and we, we shared that in our social media and um he's just a ridiculously exciting player and I think he could really strike fear into that Italian defense he's one of those players that you know you know the Italian defenders are not going to enjoy playing against so genrera says it's, it's nice for us to have some options.
0: Yeah, I think for me kind of the interesting about this game is you've got Italy who are kind of they've been doing this 4 free free formation. 3 formation has been like uh, well uh, technically he's playing left back but that man gets up and down the pitch like no one's business he is just a bundle of energy and I think he's going to be like a key like who's playing whoever's playing on the Belgian right hand side having to deal with that is going to be something that's key and I think Martinez has to think about but then yeah it's like how will the Belgian formation affect the Italians in that sense because I can't imagine they're going to change from what's been successful so far but they weren't that great against Austria like group stage they were phenomenal italy they were great to watch then they have to travel to Wembley. i don't know whether them finally having to travel i think there's a debate to be had in this tournament about teams that haven't had to travel in the slightest or like at all and teams that have it's been quite weird in that sense especially they had to travel for that game and maybe that kind of threw them a little bit like they looked a lot better in extra time when they bought on chiesa and a couple of other players but for 90 minutes against Austria they were lucky to get through in the end Arnautovic's offside goal was like marginal call it was offside in the end but again like Austria creating chances Austria playing quite well so yeah it's kind of in my mind it's Italy's first real test Belgium have had their big test they've had Portugal they've come through that they've got confidence Italy yes they were tested by Austria and like no offense to Austria they are a good team they've got a plethora of like Bundesliga players in their team like starters in the Bundesliga as well but Belgium's a different level this is the number one ranked team in the world for a reason there's quality throughout the team even with some of the injuries there's still quality players like it's going to be interesting to see we're going to really see how good it- italy are aren't we i think like you said scott i think Manager wise, they've got one of the best managers in international football at the moment in Mancini. He's a quality manager. He's been quality wherever he's been. I think it's going to be such an intriguing game. I think it's going to be almost similar to the Portugal game in that it's going to be a real tactical battle and kind of both teams are going to be feeling each other out. And yeah, I I feel like we kind of know what Martinez is going to do as much as we want to see Doku playing and starting. It's going to be Mertens, isn't it, that he's going to start. If he has to make a choice, and if he on the other he's going to play Carrasco as well, like he's done that in the earlier games, like he will go Mertens and Carrasco in my mind. I feel that like that's just something he'll do.
1: I think so as well. I, I think yeah. I think that's at least what you will start with. The one thing I, you know, over the last couple of days, I've been thinking about this game particularly is the fact that the Italians like to play quite narrow in the midfield. Most most of the play uh, comes through the middle, and I think that that could, if the Italians don't vary that for once, I think that could play into the Red Devils hands quite nicely and could benefit the defence, which although it stood up is obviously still still the weakest area of the side and, and, and a bit of a worry against the top side like the Italians, but if they if they persist with playing quite narrow, which they like to do, I think that could help because that long-standing worry that I, I talk to people about quite a lot, I talk about gaps between midfield and defence which might not sound that interesting but you know it keeps me awake at night guys I can assure you, it really does. I think if the Italians play narrow, I think that means that that gap is less likely to become a problem I think Um, so I'm going to be quite interested to see how the Italians approach this tactically as well and what are they going to change early on to sort of tinker with that system a little bit. So I think you're right, Ben. I think, you know, much like Portugal, I think this is going to, the first the first third of this game is very much going to be feeling each other out a little bit. I think I think Belgium have to try and set the initiative like they did against Portugal again. And even if that means controlling the game without necessarily creating too many inroads, I think that's really important because, you know, as everyone knows, you know, it's much less tiring to be in possession than it is to be out of it. Yeah, so I, I th- do think we will set up kind of
2: more after. or less or actually exactly depending on the, the players available of course but um, the same as against Portugal also laying in a bit deeper so that these more dynamic attackers of, of uh, Italy just have less room to to run into after uh, behind the defenders and well actually the, the system could also work against Spinazzola since it could also really hold him out um, better in a. in in the formation they were in now and uh then creates uh something when he has to run back which he indeed does but there will be some space uh, there of course yeah if he indeed does that (laughs) at least he has been doing that let's uh, still put it that way because indeed i can see both coaches tweaking a little bit especially to yeah uh, the Many things will happen. Will happen there, and mm. yeah. Also, uh, wanted to uh, mention the same thing as Scott. Like the the compact play. Like Belgium is attacking on the wings, so and, and Italy is more the compact inside game. So there might be some room on both wings, even if they do that again.
0: Interesting point you made, just there, Joris, about kind of exploiting behind Spinazzola. We've seen already in this tournament. I think it was against Denmark that. Martinez pulls Lukaku just a little bit further wide and gets him running that channel and he likes to get him doing that on the right hand side so or the Belgian's right hand side so that will be behind Spinazzola so if that space is there that quick transition play just like a quick ball into that channel and Lukaku's away and let's let's kind of be a little bit looking back at and take some context from the league Lukaku's terrorized Serie A defenses all season he's now up against two of the best defenders in Serie A but (laughs) He's not had a problem with Serie A defences yet. Donnarumma will know all about him from derbies and stuff like that. Like, he will he wants the golden boot he's now without Ronaldo like the door is open for Lukaku to get that golden boot I just feel like he could have a massive game I feel like he's gonna have so much confidence and I feel like again like I don't know we kind of mentioned this about Carrasco and like yeah he's gonna be playing in Spain like maybe you put him in because he he's played in Spain like Mertens has played against these guys as well like pretty much almost his entire career he's played in Serie A against these guys as well so maybe Martinez will think okay well he knows how he knows their strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that it's just down to him to exploit it. Yeah I don't know if you guys agree with that unless you think it's kind of like one of those weird things that you think about a little bit and think how much of an impact does it really have that Lukaku's played these guys all the time.
1: I, th- I think it is a big factor actually and I think it'll be certainly, I mean not that he needs any more motivation than he's already had because he looks like, to me he's, he's been one of the most impressive players in terms of not not just the goals he scored in the tournament but you know how up for the whole, the whole experience he looks you know he really means business, he's right on and his frustration the other night uh, with so many wayward passes against Portugal actually I thought it was a really positive thing because sometimes you know players in that situation when they're playing well like he has been can get a bit sulky um, which is never a good thing uh, but I thought his response was actually kind of quite positive he was very communicative with his teammates which I thought was which was nice to see I, the interesting thing for me is everyone's going to be watching him but Martinez has never given enough credit for tactically how sound I think he actually is he's a much better coach tactically than people give him credit it for And I just wonder whether there's a potential ace up his sleeve here tactically, because everyone's aware of Lukaku, everyone's talking about him and watching him. Is there something in place that they've been working on that might just allow somebody else to come up here? And I'm not saying that somebody else is going to score the goals that will win the game, but Lukaku could almost be your decoy here as well, you know, because there's so much concentration and emphasis on him. And I just I just wonder. Yeah, you know, and just tweaking Lukaku to the he's right, indeed, he's, too. he's
2: done that plenty. Even uh, when they both were at Everton, uh, it happened a few times, yeah. quite a few times even, I think yeah that might be a good option for now i have to yeah. say like one more thing like if there's one player sulky yeah. then it is lukaku i'm not saying it's a bad thing but <laughs> i just have to say that again he's always uh on on such things like which is quite annoying as a as playing with him i think but i i think everyone is knows that he does it for the best and the players in this team won't make an issue out of it and well my nightmare really is that merita starts and that that would be the reasoning but uh, let's hope that if that happens that uh that he proves me wrong
1: Regular regular listeners will know that um, our our Yoris is quite superstitious, aren't you, Yoris? So that that's something to kind of watch out for. But yeah, versus, I, I'm just you know, not that yeah, be not that much <laughs>
2: in favor of Mertes starting a game um, in Winter Devils anymore uh, at this time in in his career. That that's all. <laughs> But uh, it might indeed happen. Uh, (laughs) Martinez, yes, this kind seems to have this kind of thing for like legacy, which is understandable, but I'm not sure if it Mm -hmm. would be the the wisest choice here. But well, I'm just one of the 11 million coaches that Belgium has now. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. There's only one that matters at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's kind of a little prediction and then we'll kind of move on to just something else as well. Scott, do you, what what are you what's your prediction for this game? Like, do you think Belgium are going through? Do you think this is just going to be a step too far? Do you think Italy are too strong like? Yeah, what's your kind of gut feeling?
1: Oh god, my, my predictions this season on a number of things have been spectacularly brilliantly wrong. Um so I, I've I really got to up my game. I I don't know about the score, but I I think it might go to extra Time, I think it might just need that little bit of extra wiggle room to to get the Red Devils over the line. But I, I'm more confident today than I have been since since yeah for a couple of days. But I, I I do think Belgium will win, and then we've got the interesting conversation which hopefully we'll be able to have in a few days where um we'll have to address the the increase in expectations that will then go with that because it'll it'll certainly go up a several notches should that happen. Joris,
0: I'm going to ask you it slightly differently because I know that yeah you'll have like you won't. Exactly. No, yeah. More is kind of like... How how confident are you in this side going into the Belgian game? And then secondly, how happy are you that you've got further? <laughs> than the, than the so confidence, well, I really
2: can't say because it
0: it really depends on
2: the yeah our two best players are out. Come on, like or not, <laughs> that's like yeah that, that makes such a difference. Yeah. and and the rest, well, it's more of a petty thing. But yeah, well, it is, I would actually rather have played them myself. Um, Either of those, <laughs> to be fair,
1: yeah, knock them out instead. <laughs> I think everybody. I think everybody should check out Yoris's personal Twitter account fifteen minutes before the game starts. Once he's seen the team lineup, and you can tweet us your your live pre match fears. Uh, Yoris, that will be fun. <laughs> How about I'll that? start
2: writing now. I can. I can write <laughs> all the options, and then <laughs> you will. Martinez will surprise <laughs> us,
1: or Mancini will uh, surprise us. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, he's definitely got a surprise up his sleeve still. Like I say, tactically underrated. I mean, I, I honestly never thought, it was. I, I knew it was a possibility, but I didn't think Vermalen was going to start. And then when I saw the starting eleven against Portugal, I thought, do you know what, actually, I think all things considered, he has actually picked probably the strongest eleven he could for the nature of the game. And I think he'll probably do the same again. Let's just keep our fingers crossed that Eden and Kevin are um, yeah, good enough Mala, to play you have to most do of the game. Yes, sometimes you have to. <laughs> we do we do yeah we do Jonas was right on that <laughs>
0: I think it's like not not wanting to bring in England too much but like Southgate mentioned it yesterday when he was talking when he was asked about like his change of formation and stuff like that and it's kind of a similar thing he's like well if it works it's it's great. If it doesn't, you're going to slaughter me for it. And I think it's kind of the same thing. Like if Van Marlen had had an horror, like a terrible game, he'd get slaughtered for it. But the fact that he trusted him and that seemed to work in the situation, like you got to give him praise for doing. One thing I did want to pick up while we're talking about petty rivalries and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys saw L'Equipe, the French, um, it's like a newspaper, did their team of the round or something and they didn't put a single swiss player in it which i just thought was ultimate french pettiness um, <laughs> but i have to say i very much enjoyed that that game um i, I also have to, to, to jump on that quickly
2: like uh, the germans did well built so it's not the most uh, renowned <laughs> Paper, but yeah, they did something similar. They they had something like the all uh, this amount of uh words um, in millions is is out now, and they didn't put any German player, but all other teams were involved, like the the Dutch players that were kicked out and the French and so on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a thing across countries, I guess. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, it was quite fu- it was quite funny to see the Dutch go out as well. I have to say. Well, I did want to say if you're listening to this as an Englishman and stuff and you're kind of looking ahead to the game against Ukraine, it is, they are kind of our adopted team here at the Pro League uh, as as a kind of Belgian football podcast (laughs) because they have quite a few pro league players in their side so yeah, don't underestimate Ukraine that's for sure, they've got some quality players Yuremchuk, he's been fantastic this tournament I know he didn't score in the last game but I think he's just been really, really good Bezos came on which made me very happy, Makarenko came on Like Sobbles played some matches Like they're all getting game time, and I think didn't Bezos go down instantly when he came on I wasn't watching the game, I was listening on the radio and I'd been calling for Bezos in all my friends' WhatsApp groups and, um, but he did something ridiculous and everyone's like oh is this the guy you were talking about like yeah yeah that's the one so who knows maybe we're gonna see a Bezos winner to knock out England and then it'll be Uremchuk against Belgium in the final who knows but yeah just kind of a shout out to if you're an English fan and you're kind of looking at Ukraine and not recognizing some of their players there's some quality players in there and a lot of them Like even looking at Malinovsky got pro league history in that so pro league players are still in it Belgium is still in it England is still in it Scott's now basically Belgian he can ditched scotland for the tournament he's just funny really behind belgium so that's cool um, <laughs> i
1: always was really i'll let all listeners into into a, a, a secret i always was and have been for a long time and i've paid very little if any attention to the scottish national team, team oh they just never qualified never to you. Reason to. <laughs> until now <laughs> yeah yeah I mean that, that, that was the big success in itself that's that's the story as far as yeah, putting back like on Malusky, Malusky, I feel he
2: still has there. to explode yeah. because he's quite disappointment in my fantasy pool as well yeah. <laughs> you know pools like I keep him in um, like <laughs> my Hank Pride is still there but yeah. like like yesterday's performance well he he's also a bit mismanaged by Chevchenko, <laughs> to be fair, but still uh, <laughs> that's a different topic indeed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's been playing in a weird position. And he's kind of moved around, hasn't he, during the tournament? Like He was decent playing. Was it Shaparenko or Shapenko? I can't remember who's... Yeah, he's been, he's yeah. been really yeah. good. So I feel like, I don't, I don't know how we've got onto this, but um, if I was Shevchenko, you've got to find a way to stick both of them in. Especially against England, I think having someone like um, Malinowski in there alongside Zinchenko in that midfield, I think that's dangerous. Like That's really dangerous. I think Malinovsky will be able to link into the play with... Yelemchuk and Yarmolenko and stuff. And I, when I was looking at like who we could face out of Sweden and Ukraine, I was more worried about Ukraine because I feel like they just have players that can score goals out of nothing. Like Yarmolenko will score goals out of nothing. Malinowski, like they just have this quality players, and they've been one of the better teams to watch. I've really enjoyed watching them play. They were so, so, so gentle what finally. happens there? <laughs> so oh, that might be a yeah. good thing for, uh, for England. <laughs> that... True but i feel G- like they're G- such G- a proud nation and such a proud team of players they'll be so up for that game and yeah, it's gonna be I, i'm looking forward to it. it's gonna be a good one even though we have to travel which we that's what you yet. dread most right so, uh, who knows what's gonna yeah we're okay at wembley <laughs> um, anyway i think that probably wraps up this episode as always thanks yeah still hoping we can do a few up, more of these
2: or at least well, at least once i'm not too greedy yet
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah so if belgium do get through against italy we'll obviously do another one of these and look ahead to a semi-final against the swiss or oh, the spanish who knows which one of those teams it could be the way switzerland played against france you can't rule them out at all they were fantastic so yeah we'll do another similar podcast looking ahead to that and yeah we'll also we are like as i've said last time we are well and truly planning towards a pre-season preview where teams are releasing kits we've got some exciting signings that have been made if you follow us on social media you'll see all of that Mechlin got hammered 7-2 in a friendly today, so everything's kind of... Getting There's a sand, real transfer so soap sort of a, going uh, on as well. Season yeah Balikwish's transfer story by the time hopefully we get to record he'll be in Antwerp or in Bruges or maybe he'll be somewhere completely different it's all just a smokescreen who knows but we'll keep you updated on our social medias and then yeah we'll kind of do a breakdown of all of that yeah as always thank you to Joseph McDade for our intro and outro music another shout also to Freelance Football Ops Uh, if you've been watching the Euros and you feel like you want to get involved in the football industry you definitely need to check out Freelance Football Ops they find jobs pretty much covering every sort of area that isn't playing or coaching just look for them on Google or find them on Twitter. They're quite active there. And yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be back again next week for another episode. Uh, but in the meantime, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, we've got loads of old episodes you can go through from the season, our like awards special, uh, a couple of like update podcasts as well that we've done. So definitely check those out. If you like what we're doing, definitely give us a review on the podcast kind of app that you use. And if you want to get in touch with us, it's really easy to do. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, it's at Belgium Podcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter if you want to use us for any sort of podcast or just kind of pick our brains or anything i'm at benjack94 scott's at scott underscore coin and Yoris is at yours underscore bet alternatively you can also find us on facebook and instagram or if you don't want to use any of those social medias you can just email us it's Podcast at gmail.com so yeah thanks again for listening everyone and we'll see you very soon on another episode of the belgian football podcast